worship the Lord this morning. Amen. That God has control over everything and just want to thank you. Amen. Also, I just want to um, acknowledge everyone that was able to come to service yesterday. It was just so beautiful. Such a beautiful time. Almost a family reunion just seeing faces of past members and friends that came out to honor our uh, our phenomenal minister, Patrick Brown. Amen. Just uh, keep them in prayer. Keep uh, Elder Karen and the family in prayer. And for though, for all the uh, all the other losses that we are um, facing, there's been many more losses. And there's losses in your family. Please just make us aware so that we can add those to the prayer list. Amen. And that we can keep everyone lifted up. We are going through some perilous times. I, uh, amen. I'm telling you, this world is different. The world has changed. The face of the world has changed. And we are going through some really rough times. So want to make sure that you are just praying for Ukraine, praying for Russia. You know, God is still in control through it all and over it all. God is still in control. And the, and the scripture says that there will be wars. Amen. That there will be diverse matters that are happening. And I just know that many more things are going to happen because God is trying to awaken his church. Amen. Awaken us. Awaken our spirit. Awaken us to the things that he has called us to do. The things that we are, we are to become. We are the solution. Amen. And as we get in the presence of Almighty God, as we begin to worship him, as we begin to seek his face, amen, those answers, those solutions will be birthed for. So I just thank God this morning and just asking your continued prayers over all the refugees, over all of those who have been displaced. I just can't imagine, you know, someone coming into the state of Colorado and just demolishing everything, everything that we have, your homes, your jobs. You find yourself one day living a fruitful life and the next day homeless. The next day walking, trying to get a, get out of the country. The next day uh, just hearing bombs and all the things that are happening. Can you imagine the fear of those people? But in the midst of it all, amen, there is a remnant. And that remnant is found in us. There is, We don't have the ability to go over and physically help, but we can help with our prayers. We can help with our gifts because God is, God is calling us 
to be to be the neighbors, to be the Christians that we want. So we want to just continue to lift up what is going on. Amen. We know Putin is just crazy. Ain't, there's no other word to explain it. Um, and uh, But we live in a democratic society, and we have to make sure that we protect that. Amen. Because they tried to take America down, too. So we have to make sure that we are doing the things that we are called to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, I won't be long before you. Amen. But we are starting another series, a new series, and it is Raising Up Stewards of Givers. Amen. I do not like to talk about money. It's just one of my weaknesses. I just, I don't really want to, you know, I just hate to talk about money because as Christians, I believe that we should be living by the word of God and no one should have to pound you over the head um, and speak to you about finances. And this morning, as or yesterday, as I was studying the word of God, God said, uh, no, it's okay to talk about money because money is an act of worship. Money, uh, the giving of your tithes and offerings is an act of worship. And so we just need to to sometimes just be reminded of what that really means, what it looks like scripturally, and how it enhances our worship to God, amen, and how it, it, it causes God to look upon us as we are dear children, as dear children, as children that are obeying, obeying him. So let us just go into a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I just come to you this morning with all glory and honor. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that you allowed us to Wake up, Father God, and have the activities of our limbs, God. To breathe a breath of air, Father God, to move about. So, Father, we thank you, Father, for, for just the continued blessings that you always give. Father God, we want to don't want to take you for granted. And so this morning as I come to bring forth this word, Lord, I'm asking you, Father God. I'm asking you to just speak through me, Lord. Speak to me, Father God, so that your word goes forth, Father, in a way that is not offensive, but a way that touches the heart of men, Lord, and reminds them, a gentle reminder of what your word says and what we are to do to be and to become. In Jesus' precious name, amen, 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 amen. So as we go into the word this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, amen, verse 1 and 2. I love the book of Genesis. It's one of, one of my fa- becoming has been, but it's every time I, I read the Bible, I can just go, you know, reflect back on Genesis and what God established, the establishment of earth, the establishment of man and, and the rules, the regulations, the things that God had called us to do, how we are to walk in this world, how we are to walk in this wor- on this earth. And so there's just so many nuggets in um, the Genesis in the Genesis narrative. So this morning we're going to be reading. Um, um, from chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12. I'm going to go ahead and read it in its entirety, and then we're going to break it up. So the word of the Lord in Genesis 4, in in chapter 4, Genesis 1, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the first, uh, an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain, his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. 
The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be approved? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desire, its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they went into the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which, was opened, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work with the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of this word. Amen. So here we have this narrative where we are um, beginning to see... Uh, the life after the garden, amen? Adam and Eve have been dismissed from the garden because of their sin, and they are living outside of, of the garden of Eden, and they begin to procre procreate. They begin to have children, and so two sons were born to them, and as these two children are, are born to them, they begin to raise those children in the adoration of the Lord, amen? I mean, they, they had sinned, they had messed up, but they knew of the things that God had told them. And so they're out there striving and trying to make life work without the present, you know, without the, the, the futility of the garden, without all the things that were going on to the garden. But they were, they were still committed to what God has, has called them to. They were still committed to worship. They were still committed to doing all that God had for them. And so they began to have a family, amen? They began to have children. And so the, the first two born were Cain and Abel. And so as they're teaching and rearing Cain and Abel, uh, I'm pretty sure these two young men, one was a tiller of the ground, one was a shepherd, and they were learning all that they can, how to reprogram how to how to till the ground how to uh make the sheep how to make everything work that God had given them see God was the creator of all and he is all and so as they were learning these things and they begin to grow up just like our children when our children as we are rearing our children God wants us to do uh, do all that we can for our children to raise them in the admonition of the Lord to help them to understand life because if you don't lead and guide your children at a young age, if you don't give them the principles, if you don't instill in them a value system, a value system of how to spend their money, a value system of what it means to be a believer, a value system of, of, of how it means to walk in this earth with character and integrity, you end up with some really bad kids you know that they can there can be times when they don't know how to make the right choice because they were never taught the right choices but this is not the case here but I can just remember you know just raising my three children um I raised them pretty much like my mother raised them you know my mother raised my mother and father raised me to honor the Lord amen to give my, of my tithes and offerings we were uh I accepted Christ at a very young age so I understood the principle of tithing and offering sometimes my mother would always give us Sunday school money sometimes that Sunday school money made it into the to the offering plate sometimes it didn't amen I can say there is always that choice that was given to us and we uh grew up right well the church we went to was a Methodist church that was my grandfather's church and across the street was a candy store it was a store it was my uncle's candy store and we would always go over there after church and pack up and often he would not 
take our money, but I always had money just in case because sometimes I would just hold back my little offering, my little Sunday school change <laughs> so that I could, you know, appease myself and I could get something that I liked. And so we had to, you know, as we teach our children uh, that the money, that our money is God's money. Amen. And we teach our children, you know, to get an education, to, to be productive. And as I was raising my kids, uh, Pastor and I, we really saw the gifts that were within them. And I'm glad to say today that they are walking in those gifts. Amen. They are worshiping God. They are connected spiritually to the Lord. And it's because of just the, the rearing and, the, and all that, that um, we have poured into them, just like God poured into Adam and Eve everything they would need to know, everything that would help them prosper, everything that would help them have dominion and rule over the land. God is still asking us to teach those principles to our children today. And so I'm proud to say, you know, my son, my oldest son, uh, he is, he, all of my kids are self-employed. My oldest son at the age when he was in high school had a passion for web design and ended up going to Florida, getting selected to go to Florida, and he won uh, the competition there. Now he owns his own firm. It's called Excel Designs. My daughter, who we poured out a lot of money for, all of our kids went to college. Veronica completed it. Um, sent her to Xavier College. She wanted to be a doctor. She was always just had a knack for math and science. So we sent her there, and uh, she, she completed it. She totally completed it. The next... Uh, then she, at the end of this, her senior year, she went to uh, New York to uh, Columbia Hospital and did an internship there. And I remember her, I will never forget this, she called me one night practically screaming over the phone like, Mom, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I, what do you mean? And she goes, they had me working in ER. They're working in OBGYN. They're, you know, just working, going in, in various uh, selections of the hospital um, and seeing, you know, what, what, what did she want to do? Where did she want to, to go to school with, go to school? And she had gotten a, her a degree or a scholarship to go to med school and everything. And she called me crying her eyes out and said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is not, I can't do it. I can't. This is disgusting. And she began to explain to me some of the things that she had encountered. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what doctors do. No, I don't want to do this. I said, well, you can always go on the other side of, you know, you can go on research. And she just flat out said, no, I don't want to. I want to sing. I want to do, you know, and, and for many of you who have heard her sing, she has a beautiful voice. And she says, no, I think, you know, God's calling me to do something different. And of course, that was heartbreaking for us. You know, first of all, we didn't paid for four years of college. <laughs> so... It was like, well, well, how are you going to pay us back? Because that was not the plans that we had for you. But she went on to do what she wants to do. She's living her dream and doing what she wants to do. And then we have Eddie, who everybody knows runs around here, who has uh, his own business, Eddie Gilbert TV. And he is doing what God has called him to do, stretching his wings and going forth. And so I say that to encourage you to just pour into your children. And don't all, you know, for me and Pastor, we would always say, well, this is the way you need to do it. You know, you need to go to college you need to do this, you need to do that, you know, and we had this pattern that was set for them, but God had other plans for them, so we always have to make room for our children to grow, to explore, to do the things that they want to do, to do the passions that are within them. Even when we can identify their giftings, we have to let them walk at their pace, amen? So one of the things that I, as I'm reading this scripture, I'm pretty sure that Adam and Eve reared their sons to, you know, follow their dreams, follow their passions. Now, back in Genesis, we, they did not have what we have today, amen? They basically, they didn't have stores, they didn't have computers, they didn't have cyberspace, none of that was yet created. But these two young men were, um, were, were um, 
good at their craft. They were very doing, doing well and were good at their craft. But something occurred, something happened uh, when it came time for them to give of their offerings to the Lord, when it came time for them to come and give their, their sacrifices. So that's where we find ourselves here in Genesis chapter 4. And I just want to just the side term is to approach God with the right mindset. Amen. As you walk through, through life, you have to approach God with the right mindset. A lot of times, as Christians, as people, you know, we know that God is the creator of all, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We know that he is the supreme God. And sometimes we can just mistake him, you know, like, God, can you do this for me? You know, we're asking, asking, asking for God. You know, and a lot of times he'll answer those prayers, but sometimes he won't. And a lot of times that has to do with our worship of him. That has to do with the way we approach him. Because we can, you know, as many of us have, we can spoil our children. They can just become brats and just always wanting, always wanting, but never wanting to partic- you know, never wanting to help around the house, never wanting to cut the grass, never wanting to do things that, that, that help sustain the family. All they want is the handout. They know when your payday is. They know when that check deposits and they're right there. And God is telling us today that, you know, you, I, I need you to approach me with the proper mindset. So today we're going to talk about approaching God with a proper mindset. And so in life, our success swings on the pendulum. That's the way I'm, you know, it swings on a pendulum. Our success in life really does swing on our, our aggressiveness, amen? It, de- it depends on how, our, how much vigor we have in accomplishing the things that we have. And it also swings on our obedience, Anytime anyone needs to or wants to achieve something, it's, it, it really is based on your obedience. Are you diligent in starting that company? Are you diligent in researching? Are you diligent in going to college or doing the things that it takes and gathering the tools that you will need to be able to uh, complete that? So it swings on the, between the, obe- the um, pendulum of obedience and trust. We have to allow ourselves to trust people, to trust others who have walked that path to to reach back and help us get through to the places that we want to be so as as we we swing back on this obedient uh, on this pendulum of obedience and trust that really is is it, obedience is worship to God amen worship is obedience to God and so we we have to learn that we have to worship God first we have to be obedient to God first and when we begin to become obedient children of God God can trust us God can say you know what they are on the right path and I will make way for them I will make room for them and And so as we talk about uh, this verse, this chapter, it really is talking about how as Christians we are to approach God with our tithes and our offerings. Cain and Abel did not bring physical money to God as an offering, but they brought of, the, of, of the, their work. They brought of the produce of the lamb, of, of what they had worked for. And so, but God did not um, accept one of them. And so we have to understand that, you know, it is the way we approach God that gets his attention. So let's just talk about debt for a minute. How many of you all, well, I've been in debt, amen, hallelujah. I can raise my hand and say, thank you, God. 
I am out of debt, amen, because I've learned principles that would never take me back there again. That I, you know, I have been the one where the enemy has crouched and, you know, I have fallen prey to things, wanting things that I really didn't need, but it appealed to my, to my, to my eyes. Um, but we have to understand that debt is really something that can just, it just entangles us. It really entangles us. So as young, as my children were growing up and, I, and they would be venturing out the home, I would say, be careful when they send you those credit cards. Be careful when that, that little email pops up and says you're pre-approved. I said, that is nothing but a trap. You have to understand that that money has to be paid back. And not only does it have to be paid back, but they're going to tag interest on it. So I was always trying to teach my kids, don't fall into credit card debt. I've done that enough for you. Don't fall into debt with a high, um, a, a high loan, amen? A loan with a high percentage on it. And so as we, um, we understand that, you know, we have to teach our children as God was teaching Cain and Abel about the principle of debt and what it means and how to, how to, how to not fall into debt and the chance that he gives you to get out of debt. So um, in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2a, it reads, it says, Now Adam and Eve knew, knew, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore a son, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore Abel. And now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. So we have these two children, these two young men that have grown up, amen, that have responsibilities, that are going out daily um, and working and contributing to the household, contributing to their home where they are living. I'm not sure if they were um, at an age where they were living by themselves at this point, but it does, that doesn't matter. The, the point is that they were men, amen, who had jobs. They say amen, women. Amen. <laughs> Not that women don't need to work too, but um, but they had jobs. They were they were bringing in sustenance. So um, one of the first steps in developing a new mindset as it relates to God's stuff is is really understanding how to approach God. And this is where the lesson for today comes in: is that one of them understood what he needed to do, what the scripture was saying, what, what his, his mother and father had taught him. And so he approaches God in a, in a mindset of worship. He approaches God in a mindset of I'm giving back to God what is already his. And then we have the other one uh, who has a mindset that had the same mindset. He was bringing God uh, bringing God his produce, but it wasn't the, the correct mindset that he approached God with. And so um, they come up and they begin to uh, build their altars, amen? And they begin to, they came to that point to where they're getting ready to bless God, to give him an offering and just say, thank you, God. You know, I have learned a trade. I've learned to be able to be self-sufficient. I've learned what it means uh, to work. And so they come to God and, and they, they meet up. I don't know if they met up, but anyway, they come to God at this sacrificial time and they begin to present their offerings to the Lord. And so our mindset should always be focused on worship in verses um, one, two, and then in, it, all the way down to four A, it says, and Abel also brought of the, of the first, oh, excuse me, in verse three, in the course of time, Cain brought the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Please notice this. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. 
when Abel and when Cain and Abel came to give God their gifts, when they came to present God with their offerings, both of them came correct. Both of them came with, with an offering. But one had a mindset that I'm going to give God my best. Amen? That I have worked, I have toiled, I have done all I can to make these sheep, to, to keep my stock pure, and I am going to give God the first, the purest, the most fat, the fat ones. You know, I'm bringing God the best that I have. And the other came, and he came with his, his basket. He came with the first fruits of the land where he had toiled, he had tilled, he had done all that he could do to produce what, what, uh, whatever fruit or whatever produce is that he brought to God. And when they brought it before God, God did not, cons when, when they brought it before us, God looked at them and God said to him, you know, God just said, one of them has brought, one of them has came correctly. One of them came with a mindset of worship and the other one just brought whatever they could just scrape up. That's basically um, how I'm, I'm interpreting it. They both had a mindset of worship, but it was, the, it was the, a way in which they presented it to God. So as time elapsed and they bring, this, they bring their offerings to God, God is standing there. You know, they're standing there. They're offering uh, their, their gifts to God. And God comes down and he just consumes one of them. He just consumes it up. Fire comes out of the sky, uh, and they're just like amazed. They stand back, and so as they um, as they look at this, uh, the other brother's standing there, and he's like, "Well, you know, <laughs> where's the fire coming from? Mine is God not pleased with mine. Like, what's going on? Why isn't God receiving my gift? Why isn't God?" You know, why am I not getting the fire of God? Why am I not feeling the presence of God consuming it? And so I just need you to know that in, in all, of, and all we do and all we say, it is about the way we present ourselves before the Lord. It is about the way we, we approach God. It is about the way we approach him in our worship. We approach him in our tithes, in our offering. Is that we're not scraping down at the bottom of our purse. We're not figuring out, you know what, I've gone and I've done all that I can. And, oh, yeah, let me, let me, let me, I got a $5 bill here. Um, let me just go ahead and throw that in the offering. No, they, they took, they Came, he brought of his first fruit. He, they brought of the first fruit. And so as, as God accepts one and he doesn't accept the other, this, this offense becomes. And, you know, that's just the enemy. An offense comes. So we have to understand that neither Cain or Abel had the power or the ability to produce. They couldn't produce anything. They were using God's stuff. Um, your paycheck is God's stuff. Amen? Your ability to go to work, your... your uh, your, your, your craft, your trade, amen, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a doctor, that's what God gifted you to do, amen? God gave you the ability, God gave you the knowledge, you were studious in all that you achieved, but at the end of the day, it's not yours, it's not your gift, Amen. It's not your paycheck. It's not your, it's not your money because God is the creator of all. And so when we approach God and when we come to God and we want to give of our tithes and offerings, we have to remember that it's just not, God's just not asking for your money, but God's asking for your heart. God's just saying, 
Thank me, amen? Thank me that I gave you the ability to be able to, to work a job. Thank you that I, I have the ability to create. Thank you that I have the ability to go out and work and bring sustenance to my home. But God, before I do anything, I want to give to you. And those were the two different mindsets of the brothers. One brought a, a, an offering of the first, and the other one just brought an offering. And so the favor of God is determined in your obedience, so we must always approach God with the proper mindset. So it was, it, what, what we see in the scripture that is common between the two brothers is that they both, they both approached God, amen, they did it correctly, but it was just their attitudes. And so anytime we come into the house of the Lord, amen, and we, uh, and we know the scriptures, we know that God says, bring ye first the tithes and the offering. He says, bring it and prove to me that I, what I will do in Malachi. He says, prove it to me, test me, test me. And so as I've grown up in life and as I begin to, you know, walk into a deeper relationship with God, I was in my, probably in my late 30s, that I really began to understand how precious and how obedient God honors our tithes, how, how obedient that is, that it's just not that we're supporting the church, amen? It's not that, it's that we are giving glory and honor to God by giving back to him what he has given to us. And so understanding that everything that I do, from the breath that I breathe, amen, to the eyes that I can blink, to the fingers that I can, <laughs> that I can move, to everything that I have, it's all God's. Everything in creation is God's. And I must honor him in that way. And so when, when, we, uh, when we stand and we, you, know, you give to whatever organization you give to your church, it's not so much that they're asking for your money, but it is an act of worship between you and God. It's what, whatever your tithe is, that's your business. But all God is asking for is that you do give that tithe. And as mature believers in Christ, we have to understand that God is asking for a tenth. God says, bring ye the tithes into the storehouse. He's only asking for a tenth of it. And then he says, and give an offering. So we have to understand that, you know, all of our, all of our, um, the, all of the things that we've created that prevent us from giving that tithe, that's a sin against God. That's an offense to God. When we go out and we, you know, just consume, 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 consume. We get everything done. We buy stuff that we don't need. I can tell you, I have clothes in my closet that still have a tag hanging on them. I'm sure some of you, many of you have stuff in your closets that you've never used, but just, you know, it was just, ooh, that's cute. Oh, I could use this or I could use that. And we don't even think about God, what can you use? Maybe I'll just, you know, give an extra offering to the church, Lord. Or maybe I'll just, I'll give some money. I'll send some money to Ukraine. How can I use the sources that you've given me to bless somebody else? And that's what God is looking for. God is looking for our hearts. And so as we see these two brothers, um, Abel brought the portion of fat. Abel brought, you know, Abel brought the best. And Cain brought his he brought his fruit. He brought his produce. And I, I you know, I can't exegete the text, but I can understand. I, 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 I must think that, you know, for God not to, uh, God wasn't judging the two offerings. But for Cain, what was it that, that caused God to turn his nose up to it? Was this the, the fruit tree that really didn't produce the, the, the sweet oranges? You know, how you can go to the grocery store. Sometimes you can get like really sweet, sweet oranges, or sometimes they're a little bit sour. Was this a tree that didn't produce the best? And that's why God didn't, didn't um, accept its offering. What was it? Was it just his, simply his mindset? 
Like, I'm not going to give this because I can, I, can, I can barter and trade this off. And I can get, you know, I've been looking at so-and-so, this or that. And I want to go over there to my cousin's house and, you know, um, I'm going to trade him this for that. So there was this, this something in him that, helped, that um, made him withhold from God, did not bring the best to God. And so God was, God did not accept his offering. Um, so we have to understand that when we are, when we come into the house of God, amen, when we have worked, when we have done all our due diligence, when we've done the overtime, when we've put in ours and we feel like I need to award myself, always remember to put God first, put God first in everything. And so, um, as God rejects uh, the offering of Cain, he becomes just livid. He becomes livid uh, about the fact that his, his offering was not accepted. Um, but he has to understand, you know, we have to understand that uh, obedience is an act of worship to God. So he did not approach God with a proper worship. And um, as, they are, as they are coming before the Lord uh, and an offense happens, not an offense uh, he caused the offense himself. It wasn't that God was so much offended with him, but he caused the offense to hit upon himself. So when we are raising up our children, we have to teach them these principles. And in verse 7, it says, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in verse 5, it says, but Cain and his offering he had no regard for. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. I mean, he was just like, <laughs> God just basically just Cain. He was just like, Dude, what is that? You know, um, and Cain became so angry, so bitter, so mad. And have, hasn't it been? You know, I can I can remember times when I've been in church, and um, you know, you get those preachers that will just start prompting you. You know, if you you put in a seed, if you give a hundred dollars, they got the hundred dollar line, the thousand dollar line. They got all this going on, you know, and they're sitting up there, and you're just like. Wow, yeah, I want that blessing. And if you give this, God is going to do this for you. God is going to do that for you. How many of you, you know, and they start talking about situations that are going on in people's lives, and you can relate to some of them, and you're just like, oh, if I do this, God is going to fix my marriage. God is going to do this. God is going to give me a better job. God is going to do this. God is going to do that. When you start, and you believe, and trust me, I have given a lot of offerings thinking that I was going to get something back. Um, but when you begin to do that, you are not, you are not in a worship mode. You're actually, it's not, it's not giving out of worship, amen. It's giving because you want to get something. And so we can never come and give our offering as, as saying, oh, I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to give my offering. And then sit back and wait, you know, <laughs> waiting in the mailbox for some magical check to come in. Waiting in the mailbox for funds that, you know, you weren't expecting to come in. God can do that, but let me trust and, trust and believe. It don't really work that way. <laughs> Amen. God can bless you in those ways if he so sees fit. But God, worship, God gives us um, out of the abundance of our heart, amen, as we worship him. Then God says, my child is following my, my regulations. She's following the rules. She's, she's understanding what worship means. So in order to get the favor of God, we have to understand that we must approach God with the proper mindset. So as we move on, uh, we see that um, Abel's offering was accepted by the Lord, and his brother got so, so jealous of it. He was so angry. But God always gives us a check, second chance. So in verse 6 it says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires 
Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. And so in this passage of scripture, instead of Cain asking or going to the Lord and saying, God, what is it? What did I do wrong? You know, what, why did you not accept my offering? What is it that I missed? And a lot of times we miss it. Amen. We miss it all the time. We don't really understand. And so he went, instead of him approaching God with a proper mindset, he just allowed the enemy just to get into his head. Amen. And he became so bitter and so angry about the situation, whether it was embarrassment in front of his family or whatever it was, he became so bitter and embarrassed that he, he just took, he ended up taking his brother's life out of it. And so what the enemy wants us to do is the enemy wants us to, to get so irritated, amen, get so mad at God when we've prayed and we've given that seed and we've tithed and, and things just keep falling apart and falling apart in our lives. We begin, you know, you can get angry with God. You can come to the place where like, God, why is this happening to me? I mean, I'm bringing my tithe. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But that is not the attitude God wants. God says, you can bring your tithe because you know that that's what you're supposed to do. But it's the attitude in which you bring it. Amen? The attitude in which you give it. If you, you come in and you are a faithful tither, amen, but there's something going on in your life. There's something that's not quite right because you, can, you, you have a choice in life, period. God gives you a choice. You can be a faithful tither, but you can walk out the door and just be, be living a reckless life. You can be a faithful tither and be shacking up. You can be a faithful tither and doing what pleases your flesh. But when God says bring the whole tithe, God is saying not only is it financial, not only is your tithe financial, but your tithe is the position that your heart is in. Your tithe is how you approach God. It's about the time you spend worshiping. Amen? It's about the time that you give God, it's, it, that you give God of you, that you totally selfishly sit yourself down and say, God, pour into me. God, uh, what can I do? How can I, what can, how can I get involved? The tithe is not coming to church and volunteering. You know, many people come to church and they volunteer and they feel like that's their tithe. That's their, that's their offering to God. And God's like, that's not an offering. I gave you the gift. I gave you the skill. I gave you the talent. He says the tithe is that sacrificial piece. The tithe is a sacrificial thing. So you can come and you can do all the great things in a church. You can do everything that you want. But if you are not participating in, the, in what God has called us to do and the financial stability of our churches and the financial stability of wherever God is called, it's not just for the house of RCF. It could be a parachurch or something. But God is saying that I gave you that talent. Like you're acting like your talent is something else. I could snatch that talent away from you. God is saying that I gave it to you to help build my kingdom. And you stand as an example, especially if you're in, in ministry, you stand as an example of, what, of, of all that God has done for you. And so that you should be able to give that tithe and offering with, a, with the proper attitude of worship. So we have to learn, and I just keep repeating this, that worship, our worship to God is an act of gratitude. Our tithes to God is an act of, of gratitude for what he's given us, the, the abilities and the gifts that he has given us. And we, want, we would need to just say amen, amen. God, thank you for all that you've given me, all the talents and, 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 the, way, and, and the things that you've given me so that I can be a blessing back to you and back to your, and back to your people. So our mindset said, our mindset should cause God to respond to our gift. Amen? Anytime we uh, 
uh, come with the proper mindset, and that's what Abel did. Abel came with the proper mindset. I mean, Abel was <laughs> in the, out, out there um, killing, slaughtering his, his uh, offering to God, giving him the fatted portions, bringing his best. And he wasn't doing it to uh, be in competition with his brother. He was doing it as an act of worship. So anytime we come in to the house of God, we give out of, a, out of an act of worship. There's a story um, in Luke, or it's actually recorded in Mark and Luke about the widow, the widow and the two, and the and the, and the mite. And here she is. Uh, Jesus is in a in a church service, and he's observing the people coming up and giving offerings. And we got. Um, these Pharisees that are coming and they're dropping big money. I mean, they're dropping big coins, big dollars into the offering, you know, and it's, it's, it's very pious in their giving and they're letting everybody see what they're giving. And then up comes a, a widow, amen? And she has uh, two mites. She just has a small amount of money. And when she puts it in the offering, it, uh, it, it immediately drew uh, Jesus's attention to her. He, she got her attention, her, her attention and his regard. And he said, out of all of the money that has been taken up, that, that those two mites, that's what pleases God. That's what pleases me. That she gave out of her lack. It wasn't that she had such, you know, it was, it was all she had to live on. And she trusted God enough to say, you know what, God, I don't have much, but what I have, I trust you enough to give that. And so she puts that into the offering plate. And I'm sure it doesn't, it's not recorded in, in scripture, but I bet you she never, ever had lack again for anything because she gave out of her heart. She gave out of obedience. She gave out of a posture of worship. Whereas when we come in, a lot of times if we ask for a special offering or we ask for this, I mean, you know, we just, here they go. You know, you, you know we, get, we get an attitude behind it. And we don't ever want you to, to get an attitude about, you know, things that we need here at the, in, at the house of God. We just give you the opportunity to share in it. Amen. We give you an opportunity to believe best in it. If you're not in a financial position to give extra or you're not in a financial uh, position to give of your tithe, I'm not, I'm not downing you because of that. All I'm saying is that begin to worship God, begin to ask God. You know, when I was broke, when we were broke, and I'm talking about broke, broke, like stupid broke, <laughs> when we gave up our, um, our corporate jobs and we just started, you know, came full time to the church, I never, ever said, I never stopped tithing during that time, and it hurt. I mean, it hurt. There were times where, you know, when you're, when you're going down the aisle, and some of y'all probably don't even know about this, but they had the black and white can of beans. It said beans. It said corn. You know, I was, I was just, you know, we did not have what I usually would have bought for our household, but I was like, you know what, God, that's, it's okay. It's still corn. It's still green beans, and I began to just cut, you know, budget myself and cut things back because, I knew the greater picture. I knew that God had called us to to come to build restoration, to do what all he, all that he did, all that he had to do. And the enemy was constantly in our voice, like, "One of y'all need to go back to work. One of y'all, you know, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you doing this?" Uh, but our service was unto the Lord. Our gift was unto the Lord. I said, God, you've gifted us, and this is what you've called us to do. He's an electrical engineer. I'm a manager at a bank, and we both walk away from all of that to say, "You know what, God." We're going to do what you called us to do. We're going to do what you've gifted us to do. And so we have to understand that, you know, when you come as an act of worship, amen, and that you just say, you know what, I'm going to take the hit. 
but I know God's got my back. And that's the thing I want to tell this morning. God's got your back. Even if you're not a tither, you're not in a position to be a tither, that's okay. But as you begin to worship God, as you begin to build a relationship with God, he is going to uh, open up the windows of heaven for you. Just as he did with Cain, and uh, just as he did with Abel, as Abel gave of him, Gave to him, gave, Gable gave out of the proper mindset. So if you're on your job and you're seeing someone prosper, you know, I know when I was at the bank, I would see people come in and move up ahead of me, and it would just irritate me to no reason. Like, what is going on here, God? What, why are people, you know, why are people doing, you know, seem to be prospering more than your own children? What, what is that all about? And God was just always reminding me, always have a proper mind of worship. Always have a proper mind of worship. Don't worry about what's going on. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. And that's what Cain did. He looked over at his brother's offering being consumed and the blessings of God coming down. And he got angry and jealous. But God tells us, tells him in verse 7, if you, if you do right, then yours will, be expect, yours will be accepted. God is just asking us to do right. Amen. God is asking us to repent and do what God has called us to do. So... As, as we go forth in ministry, amen, as you go forth in life, always remember that, you know, there's the sower and there's the reaper. There's the harvester, amen. And sometimes God comes and he's looking to just harvest from you. And it doesn't have to be, don't relate this to finances, but God is like, I just want to hear your voice cry my name, amen. I just want to hear your voice calling calling out to me saying hallelujah you know I just want to harvest the love that I've given you I want to I want to be I want to be reminded of who I am by you I know who I am but I need your worship I need you to be in a proper position of 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 everything that I've called you to do to be and become and so as we begin to just understand more richly and deeply about our tithe, about our finance, about our, our offerings, let us make sure that, you know, when we get our paychecks and we, we sit down and, you know, we're on, we're on, most of us are online now, that that tenth, that first fruit goes to the Lord. The first always goes to God. No matter how short you may be, the first should always go to God. That's the act of worship God is looking for. There's been times when I've prayed and I've known, you know, because things just came up, maybe something broke in the house, maybe something, you know, needed new tires or whatever, and that money wasn't there. But I'm just like, you know what, if I skip my tides for a month, I can have the money for my tires or I can have the money to fix this. You know, why is it that any time a circumstance or a financial crisis comes up, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing we cut is our tithes and offerings, and when you think about it, you think about, you know what, God gave me the ability to go out here to make this paycheck, to do what I do, but then I'm just going to cut him off. I'm going to cut him off at the neck like, okay, I'm going to catch up with you. I'll get you next month. That doesn't work either. I've tried that. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's being in that proper position of saying, God, I trust you. I just trust you. Just simply trust him. You want to see a miracle? Amen. You might, God might be saying, you know what? I'm about to promote you on your job. I'm about to do something, you know, and you don't realize that it's coming down, that it's coming down from the heavenlies, that that blessing is on the way. And God might just test you by saying, you know what? The refrigerator went out and you're so, more, so panicking over your refrigerator going out 
that you take God's money, that you take what God has given you, and then you, 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 know, you get your refrigerator, which is fine. It's a very important you know, to have a refrigerator or whatever that need was. But the real, the real need was the trust. Do I trust God enough? And God was saying, you know what? I have a blessing coming down from you from work. I have a bonus. I have a raise. I have a promotion. And let me just see if you're ready. Can I trust you in giving me this tithe? And oftentimes, we will be just like uh, Brother Cain, and we'll just hold on to it because we don't want to, uh, we, we want to keep something for ourselves. And so um, as, we, as we've learned and gone over these, these passages, always bring God the first fruit, amen? Always give God the best. Always, always approach God with a mindset of obedience and a mindset to worship him. Um, the difference between the two of them were one of them had a right mindset for worship. Amen. So our, our attitude in approaching God with our gifts will determine whether or not God pays attention. Amen. Anytime we are, our, our attitude, our attitude should always re, uh, reflect what God will say, what God will do about it. When we approach God um, with our gifts, it really determines what God, whether or not God uh, will find favor upon us, whether or not God finds respect, whether or not God uh, knows that he can trust us, whether or not God knows that that one right there is following my commandments. That one right there is living a life, a well life that reflects um, what I've done for them, reflects kingdom. And others, as others watch them, they are empowered by them. They find the joy of God uh, released out of us. Um, anything and everything we do is a reflection of how much we really appreciate and love God. So our mindset should be one of a steward, amen, and not an owner of God's uh, possessions. The owner, when you become the owner of God's possessions, when you think your home, your car, your work, your job, your 401k, if you think that, that you own that and that you control that, man, let me tell you, <laughs> God can snatch that away in the blink of an eye. And that's why it's so important for us to understand about the first fruit. A 401k can just dissipate. We've seen that. We've seen people lose their life savings when the, the stock market crashed. We've seen people lose everything. But God is a restorer of those, amen, that diligently seek him, that worship him in spirit, worship him in truth. And so the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells in it. The Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and the, he owns the thousand hills that the cattle eat off of. God is in control of everything. And so as we get ready to close, just remember, God is our sustainer, amen? He is our source. He is the very breath that you are breathing right now. God is not going to come to you and batter you about giving your tithes, about giving your offerings. God is just saying, you know what? If you simply have a mindset to worship, amen, have a mindset when you approach me, you might not even have a job right now, you might be in a situation where I, I don't have nothing, I'm just, you know, I'm in a bad situation, but God says, I can turn it around, and it's all in our mindset, it's all about how we approach God, it's about how we, how we live our lives, and so we should always maintain an adjustable mindset when confronted by God. When God comes to correct you, as he came to correct Cain, if Cain had just 
adjusted his mindset. Like, oh, okay, you want the you want the good stuff, you know? I I I, I did cheat, God. Some of these some of these uh, some of this produce is a little bruised up, and you know it fell off the tree, or the bird got to it, or whatever it is. God's God saying, I don't I don't want that. I don't need that. I created everything, and I want the best because I gave you the best. And so when God adjusts us, this is an adjusting sermon this morning. When God adjusts us, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally, but just say, you know what, God? You're right. I can do better. I can do more. I can give, I can give it. I don't even know half the time why I keep it, why I do it. I end up wasting it, you know. I end up going out to fast food restaurants. Or I end up buying tennis shoes. Or I, do, I do something that really just brings no glory to you. But when you give off the top, God will make room for you to do, do the things you enjoy, to take the vacations that you want to take, to, to accomplish the things in life that you want to accomplish. God wants to, as his word says, I came to give you life and, and I came to give you life more abundantly. But we got it twisted because we're looking for the abundance. Amen. We're always looking for the abundance. We're always trying to be better than the Joneses. We're always looking for the more. When the more is in God, the more is in, 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 in his, and our honoring him and our worshiping in him. So we just need this morning, amen, to repent of what, of, of what we've done with God's money. Repent with what the sources that he has given us. Repent and remove the curse off of us. He cursed, I mean, when I say he cursed Cain, he cursed Cain all the way down to the, to the to top of his head to the sole of his feet because the enemy was just standing there waiting like okay you have a choice here is your choice you can go and do what God says or you can just stay mad about it and do what you do and and he decided to do what he did take his brother's life um, curse God ignore God's principles and God said you know what from now on you're going to suffer. You know, you brought this upon yourself. And so we don't want to do that. We want to remove the curse. So remove the curse off of your finances this morning. Amen? If your finances are cursed, if you're jacked up, if you're, you know, making your monthly payment on your mortgage or, I mean, on your credit card and all you pay is a minimum, let me tell you, if you just, just read, go down to the bottom of the statement and it will tell you exactly how many years it's going to take you to pay that off. And you will pay triple the amount of what it, would, what, of what it was if you were, you know, uh, paying more to it, giving more to it. And God can give you that more. God can get you out of all of these situations. So let's us just remember this morning that the attitude in which we approach God with our gifts is a reflection of our relationship and trust in God. And we've been talking about trust in God. God trusts you. That's why he gave you the job. That's why he gave you the knowledge. That's why he gave you the gifts. I trust you to become whatever you've achieved in life. I trust you. I want you to do the best. I want you to have the best. But do we trust God? We reap what he gives us, but do we sow it back into him? And so we have to trust God and make sure that we are coming in the right posture, the right mindset of God. Amen. Praise God. So this morning, we just want to ask God that we ask that you just uh, penetrate our hearts with this word, Lord. We thank you, Father God. And we ask for forgiveness, God, of the times that we have spent our money. We have spent your money, God, on, on frivolous things, Lord. But God, we want to be a church, Father God, that is actually able to do what you said. Restore people, God. That when we come into this house, Lord, that our finances, our money is being used to upbuild your kingdom to upbuild your people, God. Father God, let us not be afraid to approach each other and say, hey, sister, 
I'm, I've jacked up my finances. Can you teach me? Can I? What courses are there? What? How can I make uh, the right steps to do what is right by God? So we thank you for this word this morning, God. We bless your name, Lord. I know that, Father God, you want us to live in financial freedom, God. That you never want finances, Father God, to be the chokehold of us. So, Father God, as we correct ourselves, God, and we begin to give to you, Father God, we might not be able to start off with a tenth, but whatever we can start off, Father God, that we do it consistently, Lord, and we can watch the hand of God move us into the proper position, Father God, in our finances, Lord, as we move ourselves into the proper position of worship. So we thank you for this word, and we bless your name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah, amen. We're going to do better. Hallelujah. We're going to honor God with our first fruits this morning. Amen. If we can all stand, if you have not received your communion this morning, if you just raise your hand and one of our ushers will serve you this morning as we just go to the cross, as we reflect, amen, on what all that God has done for us, on his goodness, on his love, on his grace, on his mercy. Amen. You know, as we study our Bibles, we see where God gave the ultimate gift, the ultimate sacrifice, that he loved us so much that he himself incarnated himself into flesh and came into the form of a baby. Amen. We call him Emmanuel. We call him Jesus. He is our Savior and he is our Lord and he has died for our sins. You must know that Christ has died for our sins and whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever sin situation, I want you to know this morning that it's been forgiven through the blood, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So this morning as we get ready to partake of communion this morning, know that whatever situation you're in, wherever you find yourselves, whether it's financially, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in in a disobedient child, whether it's on your job, whatever circumstance that is pressing you and taking your eyes off of Christ, taking your eyes off of the Lord. Know this morning that that situation is taken care of. Know that that situation has been forgiven. And all we have to do is press into the Lord this morning. Amen? Press into God. So we want to just reflect on what he did on that cross for us. Amen? that all of our blessings pour down from the cross because when he died, he cursed all of the things the enemy had set up for us. So we have a choice on whether we will be worshipers and doers of God's word or whether we'll try and live this life on our own and try and figure it out. But this morning, God is saying that he loves us, amen? That he cares for us and that he wants to elevate us to the next level. He wants to take us into the higher places. So this morning as we get ready to take of our communion, amen, let me just pray. Father God, we thank you for the shed blood of your son. Father God, we thank you, Father God, for this, this story, Father God, that is laid out in Genesis, Lord. That Father God, you want us to approach you with a proper mindset. So as we come to this table this morning, as we come to partake of the blood and this bread, Father God, that we just take a moment, God, to ask you for forgiveness. Just take a moment to ask God for forgiveness, 
of anything that you're holding on to, for any unanswered prayer that you're angry about, for just wondering where God is and why, is, why are your prayers not being answered, just begin to shift your mind to a proper mindset this morning. And as we take this, as we take of this bread and we take of this blood, that we know that our God is for us, that we know that our God is a God of second chances. So God, we bless this bread and we bless this wine this morning, God. We thank you, Lord. We do it in remembrance of you and all that you've done and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the many chances that he gives us, amen, to walk in a proper mindset, to walk in his ways, amen, to be chosen this morning, to be loved like no one else loves us, that God loves you this morning. God cares for you. I need you to hear this. He cares for you. He cares for every situation you're going through. God loves you this morning. And as we get ready to close, just remember that it is your mindset, amen? It's how you approach God. Quit approaching him like a magic genie and just asking, God, I want this, I need this, I need, but God, what can I do for you this morning? What can I do for you today? What can I do for you tomorrow when I go to this job, Lord, that has overlooked me for a promotion? What can I do, Father God, when I don't have the finances to pay my rent? The answers lie in your approach to him, and it lies in your mindset. God says, put me first, seek me first, and I will add on to you. So, Father God, we thank you this morning for this word. We thank you, Father God, that you love us and that you're teaching us, Father God to be children of God who truly worship you in all, in our tithes, in our offering, in our time, in our gifts, and in our talents. We worship you this morning, God, and we are asking right now, God, that you will just watch over each and every one of us, God, as we travel back home, Lord. But even as we travel, God, that we just don't fall into the mundane things of life, God, but we take time to reflect on the word, Father God, and what you're calling us to do to be and to become. So when we come to church next week, Father God, that we come with a proper mindset over our tithes and our offering, a proper mindset, Father God, for the love of each other, Father God, a proper mindset and, and stretching out our hands and helping bring someone up, God. We thank you that you give us choice, Father God, and today we choose you. We choose you above all. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Be safe as you travel. Amen. Back home. And we will see you next week. Or you can join us Wednesday on our Zoom session. Amen. On our Bible study, on our Zoom session. Please keep Elder Karen and her family in prayer. God bless you.